0: I hear a see a thing behind the wall, I'm so afraid it's going to fall. It's scaring is
1: sharing, it's scaring is sharing, it's scaring is sharing, it's scaring is sharing. Hey, uh, folks, everybody, <laughs> everyone.
0: Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, Hello. Every-
1: Hello, hello, hello. It's scaring is sharing.
0: The place where we share our scares with each other. And you? <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is I Sasquatch Slim, Jeremy Rusk.
0: It is I Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen, Planback. Hi Jeremy, how was your week? Not too bad. How was yours? You know what? It was pretty good. It was busy, but good. I actually watched two scary movies this week, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But that's not typical for me outside of the movies we have.
1: Yeah, I know. And I watched no movies. So <laughs> <laughs> I got a little bit of TV in there,
0: horror-related TV, but that's it. Oh, interesting. Well, to kick things off, we have lots of terrorgrams, which is always so exciting. Why don't yeah. you read one to us first?
1: Okay, well, I am going to uh, start here. This is actually from... My brother. Oh uh, and I'm assuming, like I'm sure in his mind he's thinking I'm gonna read it in like hey you guys and some crazy <laughs> voice to make fun of him, but I won't do it. I won't do it. But anyway, here we go. Subject is war horror or warer. <laughs> I love that war. And he says, Really happy that Brandy Joe loved dog soldiers. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I view this movie as part of the cream of the crop of war horror movies. Uh, Predator, aliens, dog soldiers are the tip of the spear when it comes to this genre. I have always found the concept of soldiers versus monsters interesting. Here you have trained war fighters, men who should be able to handle anything, go up against a threat that is so inhuman, so abnormal that their weapons, training, and tactics mean nothing. In a lot of ways, this genre is a reversal of the slasher movie formula. Instead of dumbass teens making dumbass decisions, it's experienced people making tactical decisions and standing their ground. If you ask me, that makes for a whole wealth of original ideas amid the sea of franchise stagnation. I also have a question. If you guys had to make a movie using soldiers versus monster setup, what would you do or how would you approach it? Ooh, and then he huh? then he throws some suggestions to us to watch too at the end.
0: Cool. Well, I just added one to our list because I've never seen predator. So oh, okay. I've added that to the, to our list. And if you're tuning in for the first time, hello, uh, Jeremy and I keep a list of movies that the other one hasn't seen. And we refer to this list occasionally to assign our movies to each other mm-hmm. in these episodes, which is kind of what they're all about. That's it. Yeah.
1: Uh, and my brother goes on to recommend uh, bloody hell, which I've heard is okay. a good movie. I've not seen that one. I've
0: never even heard of it.
1: Frankenstein's Army, which I have seen, and that is fun and ridiculous, at least I thought. Cockneys versus Zombies. (laughs) Oh, wow. I've seen that as well. Uh, Blood Sucking Bastards. And then finally at the end there is a flick called Dark Angel, and it's also known as I Come in Peace. Uh, And that one was like an 80s Dolph Lundgren starring uh, sci-fi, like action horror thing. Okay. Thank you. And of course, he signs it Bert, because that's what I call my brother, Bert. Oh, Robert, Bert. Bert. Uh, but yeah, so the question, what would I do for soldiers versus monsters setup? up? Um, I mean, like he was saying, too, I think that is a really cool. And those are good movies. He lists as examples of that, like great examples. I love that idea of like a trained force, like he says, fighting against something that even though they're making good decisions, tactical decisions, mm-hmm. uh, they they still might not win. Oh, man. I mean, I can't really... I'm trying to think if there's anything in that idea I, that hasn't been done. I mean, I'm a sucker for like army versus... You know, like the Godzilla's, like the modern Godzilla's. They did army versus the giant monsters.
0: I feel like what I would like to see done is like a, an army, a different kind of army, like an all-female army or Hmm. something like that. like Cause it's typically a bunch of all dudes and often white straight guys. So in some some mix up on that, I think would be a lot of fun as far as what the monsters or whatever is a different story. And maybe also dealing with ghosts as opposed Mm. to monsters. And I'm sure that's been done, but typically when you think of these movies, they're fighting some monster of some sort. Mm-hmm. A la dog soldiers, aliens, etc.
1: I've always thought to uh, To make it historical Like to place it uh, In like a certain war Or a certain like uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm sure there's some floating out there That I've not seen But like if you were to set it during like World War I Where it was all trench warfare I feel like if you had like a monster Or some sort of evil force Like the soldiers are in the trenches But there's something in there with them uh that could be a very interesting concept
0: did you see that one that was rumored to be like a cloverfield sequel what is that movie
1: oh um overlord
0: overlord overlord yeah did you see that no
1: i heard that was good but i never i never got to see it
0: i didn't either i'm intrigued we should add that to our Yeah, both of us list are both of us list.
1: Cause yeah, I, I thought it looked a little like cheesy and stuff. So I wrote it off where I was like, eh, it's like Nazi zombies kind of thing. Like that's been done so much, but, uh, I read a lot of good reviews for it. So I'm like, oh, I guess it wasn't that bad. So
0: yeah, I was trying to find it. I had just written front of the podcast, Nico, and it asked him if he likes dog soldiers and Oh, here it is. He said, um, he said it's all right but i don't really love military horror and i was mm. like oh interesting he said it's maybe his biggest hot take is that he doesn't really like aliens too many boring guys with guns <laughs> No, but like there's a ripley but, but ripley dude <laughs> but ripley that's that's yeah and that's
1: my response is like okay you're entitled to your wrong opinion
0: <laughs> oh, <Nico. laughs>
1: aliens rocks so
0: it does and yeah i mean it is, I had never really thought of it before that these sorts of like military war, as you coined it.
1: Yeah, war <laughs> story. That
0: you deal less with those stupid tropes of people not doing the right. De- like the, the trained soldier is going to make tactical decisions. And mm-hmm. that makes for a much more interesting story a lot of the time when it comes to these sorts of movies. So I love that. Yeah, I, I think I need to watch more. I definitely need to see Predator.
1: Yeah. And now that I'm thinking back like on the ones he listed too, because like it, it, with Predator and Aliens and, and Dog Soldiers, all of them are guys that are up against a thing where they're like, Yeah, but we know what you're supposed to do, like or ideally what you're supposed to do in a situation with overwhelming odds or this or that. Uh, and then you just continue to watch things go wrong because they're not dealing with like a human mind, like he said. Yeah. So
0: but Bert, thank you for writing in. Thanks for those suggestions, which yeah. I've not seen a single one.
1: Oh, great. Uh, I've seen several of those. A lot of them are uh, what you would call B-movies, but fun B-movies. So I'm going to add some of those on awesome. my list to sign yes. you. It'd be fun to rewatch them.
0: So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Fear Street, and I gave a little call out to my friend Tess, who I believed had read all of them. So Tess writes into us from our good old Instagram, which is scaring and sharing. And Tess writes, "My favorite screamy queen and slim squatch. Oh, I have so much to say about Fear Street. I could provide a lengthy breakdown of my knowledge of the books versus the movie. You're right, I've read most of them. I'd say R.L. Stein Fear Street books started me on loving to read in life. However, I stopped reading them around 1995. So." Any additions to the Fear Street evil origin stories I'm unable to speak to. Don't know if it's worth going on and on, but I'll indulge if it would be appreciated. Anything for my favorite scare shares. Loved the episode on Ms. 45. I also have so much to say about this particular genre, rape revenge, and have a personal militant stance on rape plots and movies in general. But again, I should have my own podcast and not just your DM to say it all. Thanks for keeping me spooked and hooked. These words should rhyme. All summer long, babes. XOXO spooked and hooked that's what i'm going to say <laughs> spooked and hooked hey, spooked and hooked thank you so much tess and yeah i would love to know your thoughts on rape revenge movies because everyone has i'm sure a very interesting stance on it and i have greatly appreciate tess i she makes me think about things in different perspectives i value her opinion she's incredibly wise so tess please write back and share your thoughts on rape revenge and you didn't say but I don't think, I can't tell if you've seen Ms. 45 or not, but I want to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like we talked about too, because even in our own conversation, we fluctuate around, you know, Mm -hmm. there's room for dissension and conversation uh, in our movie reviewing world, our horror movie viewing world, especially. That's right. So we welcome conversation.
0: Yes, please. More convo, the better.
1: Okay. Uh, And we have one more Horrorgram, teragram, horogram, Teragram, teragram like a I telegram. Doing? Teragram, teragram <laughs> yeah. Uh, from elite friend of the podcast, Ethan. Hi, Ethan. Hi, and Ethan. Subject is hello, my scary friends. And Ethan writes, in the last episode, you guys were talking about paranormal events and what you might do. Funny enough, I always had a very complicated view of ghosts shifting on whether or not they are real. This did change though in my late teens and into my early 20s. Uh, The tale is a bit too long to type out. Maybe we can talk about episode 50. Uh, All joking aside, my parents' house is for sure haunted. Anyway, keep up the good work. I love all the kind words you guys are getting and how the show is still holding super high quality. Until then, stay spooky. Ethan. Ethan! Ethan!
0: what a guy
1: what a guy i like that idea kind of too i was like uh, plugging himself for episode 50. Um, <laughs> that's a concept maybe we do something where we have on elite friends of the podcast for quick it segments is or stories definitely
0: yeah that's, it's definitely that's something i thought
1: of i love that
0: and ethan i cannot wait to know more so thank you for it's always a good i like to be teased it's fine yeah
1: exactly i want to know more about this i uh Again, he's like, it's complicated. And that's kind of how I feel like my true feelings about like paranormal stuff are, is it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, but the fun answer is to just say, I believe in ghosts. <laughs> I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in UFOs because uh, it makes things a little more fun yeah. <laughs> in my mind. It makes the living life a little more interesting to think that some crazy stuff can be out there. So.
0: And how fun, because I've never had anything. I mean, except for the one time I was on mushrooms and thought I saw a UFO. And it, like I've said before, I'm pretty sure it was probably a drone. But <laughs> but maybe yeah. a drone from another planet. Who knows? It could have been. Yeah, you don't know. But how crazy it would yeah. be to like all of a sudden have something happen 40 years into your life that shifts your, your viewpoint on things like that. Because I've yeah. talked yeah, about yeah, being absolutely. more open-minded and, you know, it, who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah, something and you know, dude, happen.
1: there's there's so much, you know, even, even your mushroom-induced experience could have something to it, because there is so much uh, uh, in, in the writing and the stuff that psychedelics are supposed to open you up to, possibly parallel worlds that Indeed. could be just as real as ours, so you don't mm-hmm. know... Because some people's experiences are like, maybe you were actually talking to an intelligence from somewhere else. Like who, who freaking knows? That's this, right. This multiverse is huge <laughs> uh, and wild. So, and vast and full of all kinds of crazy shit. So,
0: so you said you have, what, what horror TV did you watch this last week or related?
1: Okay. Yeah. So I've been real slow on it. It's just, life has been, crazy, you know, busy. So it's like movie time hasn't been something I've been able to grab a lot of other than, of course, our movies uh, where you make the time. (laughs) Sarah's (laughs) like, oh, you're watching one of your movies. I'm like, I'm working here, okay? Uh, (laughs) But TV-wise, so last year, uh, now that I think about it, it was like before the pandemic. It was like the very beginning of 2020. I decided to go back to the beginning and start re-watching Supernatural.
0: Oh, uh,
1: which is like 15 seasons. So it's going to be a while now. Did it Uh, just end
0: or is it about to end? I think it just ended. Okay. A
1: couple years ago within the last couple of years, it ended uh, with episode or uh, season 15. Uh, And I was into this show like when I was in college. Uh, like I had a buddy like, oh, you like X-Files and stuff like you have to watch this show because it's got like it's created by some of the dudes that worked on X-Files. Uh, and he gave me like the DVDs of like the first four seasons, because at that time we were like going into season five back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it and went on like, forever. It did. And like, that's all I want. Like, I think I kept up with it into like originally into season six ish, maybe. And then like just fell off like entirely. So I haven't seen like lots of it. But, yeah, so I started it, like, last year and was, like, working my way through season one, which, like, sorry if there's any, like, hardcore season, season one fans of Supernatural, but I'm, like, season one's kind of rough. Uh, like, there's a lot of filler and a lot of, like, you can tell it doesn't know what it wants to be yet sure. as a show. If you're familiar with the concept, too. It's, you know, two brothers essentially are hunting monsters, hunting demons
0: because they kill their dad or take their dad or there's something in the very yeah, first the, episode. Cause that's all I've watched.
1: Their, their mom got killed by a demon when they were kids. That's and then, right. they, then they find out that their dad was part of this whole Jeffrey Dean Morgan. In fact, is the dad oh, pre walking dead. Yes. Uh, we, and, and then a fun bit of trivia, uh, jeffrey dean morgan plays his dad but he's actually like only a handful of years older than jensen ackles like he's really not, yeah he's not old enough to be jensen ackles dad so oh, wow that's okay. kind of but and jensen ackles is very baby-faced then because i'm like he's a lot older than i thought he was but looking wow. good yeah um always but yeah but anyway uh they hunt demons and monsters blah 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 there's an overarching you know bigger story about demons and angels and all kinds of supernatural stuff. Uh, but season one, little rough season two, which I just finished like this week and I've gotten into season three. I'm like, okay, this is the show I remember watching back then and loving. Uh, Cause like the mythology develops, the stories get a bit better. Like, I think they got like a different writer's room starting with season two. So I feel like it, it, it gets a little more concise. So there you go. I'm working on supernatural uh, and now I'm starting to love it again. So that's good. And if anybody out there, like, write in. Tell me about Supernatural. If you, Were you a fan? You know, give us some thoughts.
0: Is uh, it like Buffy in the sense that there is sort of this ongoing story, but then lots of the episodes are sort of standalone-y?
1: Exactly. Just like that, yeah. And X-Files did that, too.
0: So, yeah. like, where it would be, like...
1: Uh, you'd have like a couple episodes that build the larger story arc about the conspiracy of with the aliens and the government. Uh, And then they would jump to an episode that's like, we got to go investigate this one thing that happened here with like a monster or something that would fluctuate between those. And that's exactly how the show is where they're traveling around the country looking for the demons and the bigger hell related story. Mm -hmm. uh, And then stop along the way and like, we got to fight a vampire in this town, you know, kind of stuff. So it's fun. It's pulpy. And then the other thing I watched is, now this is if you are a fan of absurd British comedy, uh, like I am, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place.
0: Oh, right. You talked about it before. When we talked about um, Extraordinary?
1: Yes. Yep. It's currently on uh, Amazon Prime because it's okay. not been in the United States. like It's not had a big history of like being available anywhere to watch it. Uh, you know, it's like an obscure series. It only did six episodes, one season, because apparently it cost too much money and not enough people were watching it to produce. It's got guys from the IT crowd and Mighty Boosh in it. Uh, the concept is it's like really high concept where it's Garth Marenghi is a fictional writer. Uh, like Stephen like, King. Yeah, he's like a spoof of Stephen King or Clive Barker. And he's like written like millions of trashy horror novels. Uh, and then he claims to have done a TV series in the '80s that uh, television producers decided was too risque, too much for audiences, so it never actually aired. So he's got these uh, introductions where he's introducing each episode to you okay. uh, as like a lost classic. Uh, and then the show Dark Place is an is a show within the show sort of thing where okay. it's done like an '80s soap opera, like set at a hospital. <laughs> Where, like the character Garth Marenghi is one of the actors in it playing some like hot shot doctor and is like other cast of characters are in there. Uh, And it's got intentional like mistakes and jump cuts. <laughs> like, it's super, super cheesy, but all kinds of horror tropes happen. They do like Planet of the Apes, like HP Lovecraft stuff, but it's totally ridiculous and absurd. And then they have like cut-ins of like the actors playing the actors that were in the show talking about like, when we did this scene, blah, 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 you know, and it's mm-hmm. fun stuff. I think it's utterly brilliant. Totally hilarious. It's sad that it was only the one only six
0: episodes, but but sometimes that's for the better. Sometimes, gone too, yeah, gone too soon is better than overstaying a welcome. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh And so, yeah, I think if people are fans of the absurd British thing, and you like your, and you're a horror fan, you probably really
0: enjoy this show. So I feel like I would be intrigued to check it out.
1: Yeah, there's some funny stuff in there.
0: So I watched two movies this week. One was a classic horror story on Netflix. Did I talk about that before? Because I no. started it.
1: No, I've seen it being advertised though. I'm interested to hear what you thought.
0: Yeah, like I've heard comparisons to *Midsummer* and *Evil Dead* and *The Wicker Man*. I was always very like the the trailer was really cool. It was a, a good sort of teasery sort of thing. Like there was just sort of like one death that was highlighted in it, but the mood and the atmosphere is awesome, and mm. it's filmed very well. And so there's lots of really cool visuals with it.
1: It's like a European movie, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's French. Okay. Yeah. I think they've called it. I've heard it called like a French Midsummer. I don't think that's quite fair. There's some other comparisons that I won't mention because I feel oh that'll give it away. It might reveal a little bit about it because it definitely does some interesting things without throughout its plot. And I'm glad I went back to it because I started it and was kind of like, eh. Cause it does this thing that I'm not a big fan of towards the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't think I want to finish this, but I was like, whatever. I was about halfway through. So I finished it and it definitely, I'm glad I stuck it out. I didn't love it, but I thought it was fine. It was worth Mm -hmm. a watch for sure. Sure. And then last night I watched the boy behind the door, Mm -hmm. which is like a shutter original about these two little boys that get kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was fine. It it grew on me at the beginning. I was not so crazy about it. It seems to be like a theme of mine. Mm-hmm. Not liking something in the beginning. And and it grew on me. It definitely was sort of fun. Um, there was someone fun in it that again I'm not gonna mention just because it it's a little it. telling. But, oh sure. But yes, that is on Shudder, classic horror stories on Netflix. So I encourage folks to check them out and I wanna know what your thoughts are. Cool. I sort of rate them both probably three or two and a half to three.
1: Okay. So in the there, I'm not sure. medium, yeah. lukewarm, yeah,
0: medium, not like, Oh my God, you gotta check this shit out. And I'm probably not putting them on the list. Cause I don't necessarily want to watch them again. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I will have to keep my eyes peeled. To see if I ever feel like jumping into either of those. So,
0: and the only other thing I don't think we mentioned it in the episode with Chris is how excited I'm about the exorcist trilogy that's coming out. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god. I really hope Linda Blair comes back. I'm I mean I'm yeah. crazy excited about Ellen Burstyn cuz I love her in The Exorcist. I love her in Requiem for a Dream. She got robbed yeah. of the Oscar that year. Yeah. And I'm so excited she's coming back. But like please Linda Blair, at least for an episode. I mean as I keep want to say episodes, one of the installments.
1: Yeah, and what I again—it's David Gordon Green who's done these new Halloweens. So it's like, okay, dude, quit hogging all the old horror properties, <laughs> and like—but you're also doing pretty good jobs. So. I mean, he's doing God's work, making them good again. Yeah. What excited me too with this Exorcist he's talking about is the fact that. Uh, because uh, so with his Halloween, he made with his first, you know, Halloween 2018, he made a direct sequel to the original Halloween. It was like, we're ignoring all the sequels. Yeah. And then it's like a reboot continuity. Retcon, if you will. Retcon, yeah. And uh, how I guess with his Exorcist, though, he's saying that the first one, I guess, of this it, intended trilogy is going to be a direct sequel to the original. Except in like another blurb, he said, but we're not retconning out the other Exorcist sequels. And that intrigued me. So I'm like, oh, so you're keeping the full mythology of what's already happened, which I, you know, I am a little bit of an Exorcist nerd. Like I do. I know it's a troubled (laughs) like, franchise, really, like because the first one's great three is the only sequel that really comes close to being like great. Like the first one was like two is a two is a mess, but like, I still have some enjoyment of it as a bad movie. So, uh, but I think that I'm excited to see how he's going to make that work like (laughs) by keeping the other sequels and the prequels are just like, whatever, who even knows with those, but
0: yeah, I never watched them.
1: uh, I've only, I've seen the one that Rennie Harlan did. Because, you know, they did like Mm -hmm. the two different versions by different directors. Yeah. Uh, And I know that it was the other one by whoever it was. Was it Paul Schrader? Maybe I can't remember. But the other Dominion, I think that one's called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never saw that one, but I did see the Exorcist, the beginning, which is it's like a mediocre movie. Okay, Not great. Not kind of bad. (laughs) It it seems a lot like the Platinum Dunes kind of. Movies uh-huh, like in that uh-huh. kind of vein, so.
0: But yes, cannot wait. Super, yeah. super Ex- excited.
1: Exciting, exciting. I also saw this thing to tie into the last episode talking to Chris about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, this video popped up on my YouTube. Uh, I can't remember who did it, uh, but it was a unmade sequel like thing where they talked about the history of Nightmare on Elm Street six. Oh, with Peter Jackson. With the Peter Jackson version, which yeah. sounds like it would have been fucking cool. Yeah, Uh, I saw that
0: too. I want to watch it.
1: It's fun. They didn't go with that. But at the end, too, they're talking about like, that's not to say. And it's like, yeah, I really hope they do grab Peter Jackson's script and use that in the Uh future. Like take the elements like they kind of used a little bit of it in New Nightmare uh, with this like meta, you know, the meta reality idea like that's a little bit in Peter Jackson's script apparently. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I hope they do that someday. And then they were talking about how right now, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, we don't know what's going to happen with the franchise. Uh, but in that video, they did remind me that Elijah Wood is one of the people that wants to make a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yes, Elijah. One. Which is like, please give it to him because his yes. production company is doing great things. Like, I'd love to see like Nightmare on Elm Street by way of, you know, the team that did Mandy. Or yes like that would be oh my great please. so please <laughs> make it happen please
0: yes well shall we assign our fleucks i think so all right well i go first this week do it mine is inspired by your wife Oh. Who about a week or so ago said to me, Hey, do you want to come see Midsummer with me and Jeremy next week? And I was oh. like, Oh my God, yes. And Joe wants to see like, oh my God, I'm so excited to go see it. I and she said in Royal Oak, and I was like so excited, I was like, it must be back in the movie theaters. <laughs> she was talking about a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. So in lieu of that, since we're going to see that next week i am giving you finally midsummer
1: yes okay or
0: midsummer i it depends i i I don't know it's like the witch i've heard that the correct way to say the witch is the witch and not the vich like it looks yeah so midsummer i've heard it both ways you know what i'm talking about
1: i would think midsummer is the way to say that word because you know summer spelled that way it's just from like the scandinavian and english is you know we just spell it different i think it's some not some are but summer i don't know I'm not a linguist guy i'll look it up later um <laughs> yeah it's ari aster i know that much i know it's folk horror um i know it's set in sweden uh because people told me that <laughs> people that know me often know that i am swedish because i have a little bit of swedish you know pride in my heritage so they're like oh, you're swedish and you love sweden stuff so this movie's up <laughs> there you would love it and i know it's kind of like a wicker man riff of the like there so i know i think some tourists there they go kind of like the ritual as well when we uh covered that that was also sweden wasn't it the ritual i yeah. think it's british well, I mean they I think they were in oh. Sweden, weren't they? Oh maybe. Or were they in Norway? I can't no, remember. No, Norway. Norway. It's Norway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're in Scandinavia. Very similarly, I think it's gonna be some tourists go over to Scandinavia. Um, probably find some locals, the whole trope of some local town or whatever, have some kind of pagan worshipping thing where maybe there's like a monster or spirit, some old god that they worship. Uh, And there's going to be human sacrifice or people getting killed by this monster spirit, uh, and hilarity ensues.
0: (laughs) As it always does.
1: As it always does. So that's what I think is going to happen. Beautiful. Let's see. What am I going to give you? I had already decided. uh, I was inspired by this talk of cheesy things. And I am going to give you a little flick called Swamp Thing.
0: Oh, uh, I know it's Wes Craven. I think Adrian Barbeau is in it, which we talked about her the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's sort of a Beauty and the Beastie sort of thing, um, sort of toxic Avengery, but less campy. I think it is more of a little bit of a B movie. So I think it's, you know, the effects may not be amazing, but I'm pretty sure it's Wes Craven. No, no, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. no, no. <laughs> You'll see. There's someone, John, no, it's someone, someone's involved, (laughs) some big 80s horror icon. Sure, sure. And I think somehow Adrian Barbeau, you know, and also kind of Creature from the Black Lagoon. I think that she and this swamp thing will have some sort of interesting relationship. Other parties want to kill him, dissect him, study him. And he wants none of that because he lives in the swamp. And, but he falls in love with her, but I think he's going to die in the end. I don't think there's a return to swamp thing or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure the poster is like him, like carrying her. So sort of Godzilla, I mean, not Godzilla, sort of King Kongy toxic Avengery. Beauty and the (laughs) Beastie, sort of an unusual sort of love story. Although I think it will take her some time to come around to having feelings for him. She's going to be real scared at first, but I think he's going to be killed. Okay. She's going to be sad.
1: Yeah. Poor Swamp Thing. Yep. (laughs) But uh, yeah, this is going to be fun because Swamp Thing, this was a movie I loved as a kid you know, it'd be on TV and I'd watch it all the time. So I have like these childhood memories of it. I think I've watched it like once as an adult and okay. I was like, Oh wow, this is way cheesier than I-, I remember it being this like epic, amazing monster movie. And then you watch it as a grown person. And you're like, Ooh, okay. This was a little cheesy. Um, but I think it was still fun, but that, and, and that was years ago. So again, I've already like kind of forgotten <laughs> a lot of it. So it'll be kind of a rewatch for me. So I'm excited. Cool to see how i feel this time around years later
0: well i'm excited yeah here we go and we'll see you in just a moment to talk let's do it said, don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative
1: Hey listeners, everyone. Uh,
0: we're back, yeah, uh, you little maniacs, you little
1: maniacs. We're back with the only show that I know of that would dare <laughs> to you know have the audacity to pair. Ari Aster's Midsummer with Wes Craven Swamp thing.
0: How dare you scaring us <laughs> sharing? How dare you?
1: Who would think of such a thing? So needless to say, guys, we're about to go highbrow and then we're headed straight into the swamp. So
0: <laughs> quite literally and metaphorically. So let's do it.
1: So uh yeah. Midsummer.
0: uh, Yep, Midsummer is first, and the tagline is, Let the festivities begin! (laughs) And the description is, Several friends travel to Sweden to study as anthropologists a summer festival that is held every 90 years in the remote hometown of one of them. What begins as a dream vacation in a place where the sun never sets gradually turns into a dark nightmare as the mysterious inhabitants invite them to participate in their disturbing festive activities.
1: (laughs) Uh, so this was a trip man you know literally like
0: uh, it is trippy as literally
1: and figuratively (laughs) because they do trip uh and this movie felt like a trip
0: did you ever do acid or mushrooms no okay well it's very right on
1: (laughs) i never have but i have had my share of powerful potent edibles Uh, slash or too many edibles in one night. Uh, You know, and that's not far off either from psychedelic, uh, you know, practically experiences I've had that way. Um, I was also thinking about too, man, sometimes you can drink so much that you make yourself crazy. (laughs) So it's like, that's not far off either. I've been there too. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, this movie, oh my God. This is one of those movies where I'm not sure if I liked it. Or if it was good or what, I think it's going to stew in my brain pan for a while. Uh, The closest thing I can think of that I felt after this movie was done uh, was when I, the first time I saw Mulholland Drive, Mm. David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. I had a similar reaction where I was like, I'm pretty sure this was a great work of art, but it made me so anxious and uncomfortable the whole time. Not sure how much, you know, I love it, but I think it's brilliant. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you cannot deny that it is so beautifully created and that the performances are so fantastic. Like Florence Pugh is so good. Yeah. And that's a role, that role
1: that they put her in uh, could have been bad. In the hands of a lesser actor, I think the character would have been unbearable to watch. uh, You know, someone that just wasn't up to the emotional uh just weight of this it would have uh i don't think it would have worked
0: now did it feel long do you watch the regular version like the theatrical version yeah i
1: think the version was like two I watched and a half hours was two and a half hours long
0: did it feel long to you yes okay see it, when i saw it in the theater i thought it felt long i also didn't love it when i saw it in the theater i liked it but i came into it like pretty sure I knew exactly what it was gonna be, which is like, you know, almost what it is, but not quite. So I thought it was going to be like the Wicker Man and that's where our hero hero's journey would end. Like it was just going to be a female Wicker Man, essentially, mm-hmm. and it isn't that. And I, I mean, it's, it's weird because it isn't, isn't isn't, but it doesn't feel like a Wicker Man ripoff. It's its own thing. It just has some similar vibes Mm -hmm. and takes some similar routes, but it is a different kind of story. And I guess watching it the second time, I just, I loved it. And I watched it with Joe, who only ever said he wanted to watch it after he watched Little Women and like fell in love with Florence Pugh. And he's like, I think I'd watch Midsummer. And I was like, okay. Because he hated hereditary like when it ended i'm like did you hate it he's like i couldn't have hated it more like absolutely despised it
1: sure and
0: so when this ended i was like did you hate it as much as hereditary he's like what did you think and i'm like yes he's like i fucking loved it and i was like what (laughs) wow that was so good he's like i just couldn't believe how amazing it was like he just loved it and Quite honestly, the second time, I also just thought it was so brilliant, and I have since downloaded the director's cut, and we're very anxious to be watching that.
1: Cool. Yeah, this is, that's, I I immediately have the sense that this is a movie that I'm going to have to experience again. Like I I need to rewatch it. Uh, And and it really speaks to, um, I feel like so clearly between Hereditary and this movie, Ari Aster has like a lot of artistic ambition. Like, you know, he's playing in the sandbox, ostensibly of making horror movies, at least with these two flicks, but they're so much more, or he's trying to make them so much more. And it feels kind of like he's striving for that, like Kubrick's The Shining. Where he wants to make something that is iconic uh, and just transcends horror, uh, and he may he very well may have.
0: Did you see her Danny's bed spread when they're in like the hut is the shining pattern? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did yeah. notice. I watched one of those like things you missed in, yeah. in Midsummer, and they pointed it out, but I hadn't noticed it. Yeah, I
1: was like, there. Yeah, it's there, of course.
0: But yeah, he very well may have. I know that Hereditary
1: and Midsummer have their detractors, of course. Um, and time will tell. I think both of these movies will be both of his his first two flicks here will be looked back as you know major achievements. Because uh, even The Shining, you know, was disliked when it first came out. It took time to build a. Uh, the cult following it has now where it's an undisputable classic for most people. So, but yeah, he, watching thinking back to Reddit, I think I liked hereditary more actually. And this movie, I now I have to rewatch hereditary and see if I still feel that way. Cause I felt like this movie was retroactively making me feel like I liked hereditary a little more. And that is simply because this movie feels like midsummer feels like the same movie again. Just he changed up some stuff.
0: There's definitely like motifs of grief and people smashed in faces, naked people. Naked cultists. just a cult. (laughs) Uh, cult.
1: Both movies are about a group of people. Both are very common social units in Hereditary. It's a family in this movie. It's a group of college friends um, that are doomed from the beginning before they even know it. uh, Because both are, you know, the family in Hereditary was cursed. Uh, before anything even started like literally cursed so there's no way anyone was surviving uh and in this movie you know they were without them knowing it uh excuse the uh metaphor like lambs to the slaughter led there uh knowingly that they were gonna get killed and sacrificed by you know their swedish friend that brought them there like they were doomed from the get-go they were never leaving so
0: and while there are common motifs there i think very good, just companion pieces. Like yeah. I'm, that's why I'm so curious to see what his next film is because these, it's like Hereditary is this ultra dark film, and this is ultra bright, and mm-hmm. I love that contrast so much. I did,
1: yeah, I I really enjoyed that thinking about how drab and dark Hereditary is, and how like pastel this movie
0: is yeah it's so hard to see some things in hereditary like you have to rewatch it or be things have to be pointed out to you before you can see that she's standing up in the corner of the room like in the ceiling like and here everything is just so bright and i also Mm -hmm. just i love bright horror movies or horror scenes shot in the daytime like curtains have you seen curtains no Oh, okay. Well, I'll put it on the list. It's not great, but there is one scene in it that is so fucking scary and it's in the daytime. And the mm-hmm. other one I can really think of is in Scream 2, when a very important character gets killed. It takes place totally in the daytime. It's not a great scene, but mm-hmm. I guess in the commentary, I remember Jamie Kennedy saying that he like dared Wes Craven to like make an entire horror film set in the day daytime because it's so hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Because Nighttime makes things spooky. So I'm always, it is always a, a fun thing to see something scary in daytime. And this movie is predominantly in the daytime. And I just love that so much.
1: Yeah. I think there's something to acts of jarring violence that are brightly lit. So you can see all the gory details, but there's something because we're automatically like nervous about darkness. So it's kind of like, you know, it's human nature to be like, dark nighttime, scary. But for something, totally jar you don't expect bad things to happen in the day is essentially what it is and so when they do it's like extra jarring uh because of that sense of safety i think gets taken away
0: and i definitely appreciate ari aster always has a bunch of naked people in both of these movies but Mm -hmm. it's always equal opportunity employers (laughs) like yeah it's just men and women everybody's naked yep and jack Rayner, I believe his all ages too, all 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 ages. ages. The guy who plays Christian. I guess it was written that he put on like his ceremonial robe when he ran out of the place where he was, you know, towards the end where things were happening. Yeah, but he was like, he's like, so many times, you know, women have to appear fully nude. Like, I can I go out? I think it would be more effective if I was naked, and and so. So it was like his choice to do so, and I just think that that's really cool. I love. Yeah,
1: that. that yeah, that's props to that. Um, I was gonna. I wanted to look it up because I read this earlier. Ari Astor is apparently the next flick he's working on. Is a movie called Disappointment Boulevard. Uh, there's not a lot of info about it other than he says it was. It's going to be a four hour long, quote unquote nightmare comedy. Oh. Okay. Uh, and Joaquin Phoenix is going to star in it. Mm, Um, so that'll be, that already is like, that could be a train wreck already, (laughs) but nightmare comedy though, is like what I would call your other movies already.
0: The IMDb says when this was released in Sweden, people laughed and took it as an excellent black comedy. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's already what I would call like this one, like between hereditary and this, uh, really to me, I'm like, Ari Aster is what would happen if Wes Anderson was raised by Satan. Like that's. (laughs) That's what these feel like to me because they have the quirky characters. There are funny moments if you dig it. Like the moment that struck me in Midsummer is when the two dudes are fighting about their stupid fucking thesis, like who gets to write it. Uh, I'm like, what an absurd moment while all this weird fuckery is happening around them that they care about that. When it should be more like, let's get the hell out of here because things are getting so crazy right now. Like we should be leaving. Um, And that was another thing in this movie. I read that, it began life with this Swedish production company before they got Ari Aster involved uh, where they wanted kind of like what they had was just a bare bones, like traditional slasher in mind about a killer cult killing people. And you can still kind of see that here. Like I know of clearly Ari Aster just did, you know, levels upon levels of rewrites on top of the script to get more stuff in there. But I feel like you can still, see the skeleton of the slasher, just a bare bones, like slasher movie in there in that people keep making, as we discussed with Chris on the last episode, stupid horror movie choices in this movie. Like it's integral to the plot where it's like uh, from the get go when, you know, our lead is like, Oh, I'm mourning my dead family. But like, yeah, let's go to this weird (laughs) commune. That's a good idea. And as soon as they get there, they're like a stranger just gave us psychedelic drugs. Let's take them. You know, it's just, choices that are not smart
0: <laughs> and what's up with the um the oracle the oracle that's the thing that i don't get at all and here's the thing i really love about ari aster is he doesn't spoon feed you mm-hmm. yet it's not like how i remember moholland drive i remember liking it but i remember being like Okay like I don't know quite what that like I mm-hmm. feel this is a little bit more this comprehensive. Is a
1: more, this is a more coherent plot
0: but there's still a Lingering lot that questions. you're like yeah and I wish all of the swedish dialogue was unsubtitled i because it went back and forth and i'm like Kind of do one thing or the other is what I think. Mm-hmm. But I would like to be more in the shoes of the Americans and yeah. not know what the fuck they're ever saying. Granted, then how would we know a certain thing? But I wish that it was like taken out altogether. I think Didn't, that would have been cool.
1: I might be totally mistaken because I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Didn't the first Hostel do something like that? I feel like there were scenes with the characters that are speaking You know, not English, weren't subtitled to kind of like amp up your anxiety about the Americans not knowing what the fuck's going on in certain scenes. I seem to remember that. I might be totally wrong, guys. And I
0: totally thought of hostile during this movie because it's Mm -hmm. that similar sort of thing being led astray by the foreigner in a foreign land, you know, for their own purposes. Just here it's nefarious purposes.
1: Nefarious. So there's been this resurgence in all this like Nordic like lore like, of course, the gory detail stuff, because um, specifically I'm thinking about the idea of the blood eagle, where, you know, the, the flayed body displayed. Um, oh, I love that so much. Sarah. Which is like a piece of historical ephemera, if you will, that like, oh, Vikings used to do this to people, except there's actually no historical documentation that that, that was a real thing and not something that was just made up in stories. Um, just like uh, the the uh, the senior suicide jumping off the cliffs. I had to go on the internet and look that up. I'm like, is this based out of anything real? Uh, And what I found out is I guess there is like old Icelandic, uh, you know, poetry sagas that have a story about that in there. And for a while, like people took it as historical fact that like old Nordic pagan uh, cults used to do this, but actually historians are like, nah, it was just made up from literature. It's not a real thing that ever happened. So... Uh, I I thought that was kind of fascinating that there's all these like, they're like ancient urban legends that are getting regurgitated even now (laughs) that this is how like, this is how the old Nordic pagans were like this and they did all this crazy killing rituals, but most of this is
0: how they do it.
1: Yeah, jump off a cliff
0: (laughs) when you're old. It's just, it's so well done. It's so hypnotizing and mesmerizing. I just love it, so much of it. Like, even just, like, the snow in the beginning. That whole opening thing with her Mm -hmm. parents is so well done and so creepy. Uh,
1: Yeah, and I loved the the very first shot. uh, Reminded me of, like, some really old horror. Like, the original King Kong, for example. Which opens with just that, like, a backdrop. Uh, in this movie, it's that tapestry. It, the first shot of the movie is literally just that, like tapestry with music playing, like it's a, in um, uh, what is it called? Like and, a, you know, an overture. Overture. Thank you. An overture begins, and just that for a second, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then it, you know, spreads, and we go into the movie.
0: And I remember reading after I saw it the first time, like, oh, and, and in that art, you see the whole story laid out. And I remembered that, and like looking at it, I couldn't. Figure it out. So I went back and looked at it after the movie was over, and I'm like, "Oh, I see it all now." I just mm-hmm. like even knowing that and looking at it, I couldn't piece like, it I together. Was looking for certain things like him and the bear and stuff like that, but it isn't necessarily all of the points, but it is the overall story, which sure. is sort of like the the one friend, the the Paley or whatever is sort of mm-hmm. like the Pied Piper, like bringing them there and and mm-hmm. all that. So here's one of my questions that I didn't look up and I it just stuck in my mind if this ceremony happens every 90 years and it seems like one person is killed sort of for every decade Mm -hmm. take care of it why are there so many May Queens and why do they have pictures of them like photos of them like does the May Queen thing happen every year it's just this particular like you know sacrifice ceremony that's every 90 years who knows (laughs)
1: <laughs> i should i but should tell check, me i should check the uh the faqs i saw that there's a lot of them about this movie oh on the i
0: forgot it's not like super easy to find the faqs it's not as apparent as like the trivia so i always forget that yeah but I, there's lots of fun trivia like ariana grande loves this movie she tried to buy the may queen gown and she did not get it in a in an auction so i thought that oh. was kind of
1: fun and I do want to shout out uh, because my wife and I are rewatching for like the third time the show, The Good Place, uh, which stars Chidi. of course Chidi, William Jackson Harper, uh, who is great. He is quickly becoming a favorite performer of mine. Like I need to see him in more things, more lead roles, please. But... Uh, I guess Cheaty is just him because this movie is just cheaty in a horror movie. Like it's, so <laughs> it's, this, it's the same character. So if we, you're any Good Place fans out there, you'll we get We got
0: it. sort of derailed from The Good Place in the last season. And then we tried to get back, like hop back into it. And there was so much we couldn't remember what was going on. So it just mm-hmm. got frustrating. Sure. So we yeah. never finished it. But you have to watch it, it like straight through because it do. builds constantly on itself. Yeah. So I got to finish it someday because I, I mean, it is such a good show. Mm-hmm. It just it was just frustrating being confused by it.
1: And I do, um, um, again, like what I really appreciated Ari Aster doing with Hereditary, where he goes deep with all this demon lore in that movie. And it's all real in the sense that, you know, it comes from. History and like real writings he's pulling stuff from in mythology whereas just like this movie he's going deep into this like nordic lore and pulling stuff out of ancient sagas and things like that references so uh clearly he's you know uh he's he's a nerd (laughs) that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) uh and i appreciate that because nerds do the work
0: yeah, between him and David Eggers, I mean, they're like the two shining horror directors. Not like The Shining, but like yeah. glowing, glistening,
1: the artistic the, the
0: that like intelligent horror. Yeah, like gods. They're so their stuff is so good.
1: Yeah, and with Eggers, you know, he's supposed to be making a new take on Nosferatu. That's allegedly oh, his his next flick. So that would be really cool
0: yeah i also really i read something cool on imdb about the ending there's a a point in the film where two gentlemen are given like something from a tree and they're told like this will make you not feel pain and this will make you not fear and then as fire surrounds them you definitely see that one is in pain and the other one is very scared yeah And, and they said that perhaps this is um a nod to them realizing that everything they've ever been told is a lie in this last moment but like yeah it's it's too late to help and i love that sort of thing that sort of moment of and if that is that like what ariaster was trying to to convey convey it's so simple and subtle yes but also so cool to be like hey you're doing this all for nothing What Mm -hmm. you say is a lie. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's very like talking about like organized religion in a way.
1: Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those amazing moments of just like visualizing inevitability. Like Mm -hmm. they put themselves in this situation and like, and now that's it. And you're dead. And that's, you know, there's no escape now. Uh, And then, and then of course we close with uh, uh, her just totally switching gear. As I understand it, it's the idea is the madness has taken over the, you know, Uh, she's joined the group now. She's just there probably. She's the May Queen forever.
0: (laughs) All right, so out of five head bashing hammers, that's what we're going to go with. (laughs) I was going to go a a more floral route. but I was thinking
1: Maypoles, but okay. Uh, head bashing
0: hammers. Head hammers. Head hammers. I'm going to give this a solid four. All right, I'm going to give it four and a half. Well... And, you know, I think the first time I watched it, I would have given it a three and a half. So it upped a whole whole star or a whole head hammer. Mm -hmm. I just think it's it's brilliant. I really think it's an amazing. And you know what that means. We got a scare of
1: approval.
0: Yas, queen. Yas, May Queen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can that be a new catchphrase? Yas,
0: May Queen. Yas, May Queen. Well, all right, let's switch so many gears, switch so
1: many gears, like really just, uh, just get downgrade brain function as much as you possibly can. (laughs) Hold your breath. We're going underwater into the swamp with Swamp Thing. Yes. Directed by Wes Craven, that Wes Craven. And the tagline is science changed him into a monster. Love changed him even more. that's no guys this is not my life story committed to film but uh, (laughs) dr alec holland hidden away in the depths of a murky swamp is trying to create a new species a combination of animal and plant capable of adapting and thriving in the harshest conditions unfortunately he becomes subject of his own creation and is transformed Arcane, desperate for the formula, attempts to capture the swamp thing. An explosive chase ensues that ultimately ends with a confrontation between Holland and a changed Arcane. Take it away.
0: Arcane, (laughs) Arcane. You know, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Mm -hmm. As it was going, I'm like, why do I feel like I'm watching an old episode of Wonder Woman, which I've only... Watched like as this last Wonder Woman was coming out, yeah. I started watching some of like the Linda Carter Wonder Woman's yeah, with Joe, yeah. and yep. I was like, and I kind of sort of liked like Joe, like loves Wonder Woman, and I thought it was kind of fun, but it's still like I didn't grow up with it, it wasn't in that like youth thing of mine, so like I never really got it, yeah. It I, watched, in, like, I watched and like I watched
1: the reruns as a kid, so yeah, yeah. And, like I was in it.
0: So, like, as this was going, I'm like, why does this feel like a comic book? Like, they're trying to be like a comic book. Like, why are these transitions so funky? And then afterwards, I discovered that it's based on a comic. So it makes sense. I just... And, of course, it's so hard in today's day and age where everything is from a comic. Yes. (laughs) So many things. And they've taken it to this different level. It's not so much campy anymore. Yeah.
1: This is before they were good.
0: Yeah. So... (laughs) I just wish it was better in its execution.
1: Yes, I I do too.
0: (laughs) Like, he just, he looks like a grape leaf to me. Like, I want to eat him. I want (laughs) to dip him in garlic sauce and eat him.
1: So, Sarah, watch this with me. Like just uh, this
0: time or like previously? Just this time.
1: And okay. Because I was, you know, I said, and as I set it up beforehand,
0: I loved this movie as a kid. Oh, right. Uh, you haven't watched it since you, was, you were a kid.
1: And like, I, I, I seem to remember I watched it at least once as an adult, like year okay. probably five to ten years ago. And I guess I didn't remember that viewing other than thinking like, this didn't hold up very well. <laughs> uh, and just kind of forgot a lot of it and just reverted back to, I guess, my childhood memories of it, of being like fun, it's kind of goofy, kind of scary. But I'm like, man, kids are dumb because <laughs> watching this with Sarah, she was like, this is not good. Uh, and... And she's like, Wes Craven made this? Because she's, you know, she likes the Scream movies and all that. She knows the good Wes Craven movies. She's like, Wes Craven made this? Like, I don't believe that. Like, how is this possibly in it his is. in his overall? Um, but speaking of the Swamp Thing costume, Sarah said that to her, it looked like they took Jim Carrey's Grinch and shaved him. <laughs> uh, and that was Swamp Thing. And I was like, yeah, I can see
0: that. And dumped him in a little bit of mud.
1: Yep um yeah man the other
0: thing that immediately stood out to me i'm like why do like if i closed my eyes i would think i was watching friday the 13th and it's because it's this it's henry manfredi yeah i had to look it up i was like this is fucking friday the 13th
1: yes and it almost feels like a friday the 13th movie when swamp thing is finally out in the swamp yeah uh, and it's just like taking out army guys you're like put in jason and make it more violent and like this would have been a cool friday the 13th like that made me think like why did friday why didn't sean cunningham or whatever the fuck his name is grab wes craven and have him do a friday the 13th that probably yeah. would have been pretty cool but instead he got
0: swamped you know he got to do swamp <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's just like going off the poster he looks so cool in the poster to me. Yeah. Oh, the poster. And He's just like tall and skinny. Like he looks like that sort of Sasquatch, Sasquatch image that you see so many times when he's walking, like it felt very much like that. Yeah. Have you read any of the comics? Like, were they long running? Is it?
1: Yeah. Um, I've read, uh, so, and for any comic book nerds out there, when they made this movie, there was kind of a short lived swamp thing from the seventies. Uh, when he was introduced, and I've read some of those, um, and those are pretty classic. Like, just you know, he's a scientist gets turned into a monster, fights some other monsters that you know Arcane makes, uh, and it's pretty standard, like, like a Frankenstein's monster kind of story. Where the swamp thing in the comics, at least, he has these like eloquent word bubbles of his scientist mind, but like his physical form can't actually talk to people, so everybody's scared of him, kind of thing. And he just wants to be understood, and he's trying to help people out, but they're all scared of him. And then they made this movie. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't think Swamp Thing was really like a popular character at the time. It was kind of like a really cult comic book. But for some reason, they got the rights to make the movie and they made the movie. And it was after this movie came out, Alan Moore, who is a very famous comic book writer for the comic book nerds out there. He did The Watchmen. He was given uh, control of the Swamp Thing comic. Uh, And he created this thing that turned Swamp Thing into like a minor, you know, phenomenon for comic book fans of like really mature storytelling and doing some weird things with it. But uh, those hadn't happened yet when this movie was made. So this movie was based more on these like hokier, goofier, older comics. So.
0: Yeah, and it's just interesting because I feel so many people don't talk about this as a Wes Craven movie, like when mm-hmm. they talk about Wes Craven, which is why I, like, thought it was, because I'm a good horror boy that way. But yeah. I also question myself. And the big reason I question it is I have this red t-shirt that I got in one of those horror blocks back when they were a thing that you get in the mail every month, and you get a mm-hmm. t-shirt and props and magazines and shit like that. And it's, like, a Wes Craven shirt with, like all like, characters from all of his movies. And, like, The guy from Shocker is on there. Krug Mm -hmm. is on there. Krug or however you say his name. It's Krug, right? Krug, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Krug. Like someone from all of his movies, but Swamp Thing is not on there. Oh, (laughs) yeah. There's no Swamp Thing. And it's like, if you're going to have all of these people, like even Serpent and the Rainbow is on there, right? Because that's Wes Craven, Yes.
1: right? Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: So like just everything, but no Swamp Thing. So yep. like that kind of went through my head when I was like Wes Craven, no, no, and so yeah, it's just funny because it's definitely, I mean, it's more maybe sci-fi, but it fits into horror. Like if you're gonna have a horror movie, yeah, it got a monster. Yeah, you would find it in there. I feel and
1: and uh, that's where I remember this being in the video store in the horror section. So um, and Swamp Thing, oh Swamp Thing, I don't even remember where I was going. Oh Wes Craven. I I saw online, apparently he pretty much said this was his least favorite movie he ever made. So he didn't have a lot of love for it. Which again, it's like he wanted to deliver something. I watched like a little making of video on YouTube and they talked about as he made it, they kept slashing his budget, the producers. Uh, So this is why you get the ending where the bad guy turns into a monster from an episode of the original series of Star Trek which is a rubber pig mask on a lizard. A non-articulated rubber pig mask uh that is just ridiculous oh my god i want to point out a couple of things uh where i'm like this movie file it everybody everybody know file it under so bad it's good uh watch with friends because watching with my wife we were laughing through most of this at the absurdity uh some highlights were when the bad guys are throwing grenades at swamp thing And it's the same shot of him
0: going and falling forward with his (laughs) arms in the air yeah,
1: over and over. And we're like, this couldn't be any more like not exciting. Like this is not action packed. Uh, And the other one is when the boat of bad guys is in the swamp in the middle of the water looking for him. They can't find him. And he drops out of the air into the (laughs) boat. And I was like, where did he jump from? (laughs) And Sarah's like, the camera. Obviously, he was on the camera rig and jumped off of that into the... Like, it's almost... It's borderline, like, a like a naked gun moment, you know? Like, it sh- should be in a spoof movie. But, like, yeah, he just drops clean out of the air. Like, where was he?
0: And really, I mean, Jude is the best character in this movie. Jude, Jude kills it! Best. Oh, my like, God. some great one-liners. He's like, you gotta punch it! Yeah, and she... <laughs> Apparently wasn't even an actor.
1: He was just a local kid they hired to get oh around God. like SAG guidelines and stuff.
0: Yeah, he was so good. It yep. just it's like if anyone was like, I think I might want to watch Swamp Thing. I'd be like, Have you seen Toxic Avenger? Because if you haven't, watch that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought too. I was like, Toxic Avenger is the better version of this. It really is. Yeah, this 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 movie. Yeah, it really though. I feel like more people should celebrate this in that troll two vein. Like, why is this not getting some more like so bad? It's good. I mean, it's not quite there, but like some more midnight movie stuff around this would be. It is.
0: I just wish it was worse. Yeah. If it was worse, that'd be more fun. That's why I'm just like, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it is definitely like a B movie, but I, I want it to be even more so. And it would be more fun. Yeah. But like you said, like I watched it solo I don't have any affinity to to comic books or these sci-fi-ish sort of storylines. Like, mm-hmm. so for me, I'm just like, uh, like it wasn't painful, but I'm just like, this is not fun. Yeah. You know, but, but I can imagine for certain people it would be. And it, like you said, like if you're with a group of friends or your significant mm-hmm. other, especially if you're smoking a joint or drinking some beers, I think you'll find this quite amusing.
1: Yeah, I really think. That's that's like an idea of me, a sw- Sasquatch Slim Swamp Thing viewing party, people. If we can do that, that'd be fun. I mean, it has like a man rips off his face and that was just a mask. And there's another man oh underneath God. with like, no warning.
0: Scooby-Doo. With no warning. Like, why is that
1: even in this movie? Like, what is going on? But I do recall as a kid, I did have a thing for Adrian Barbeau. So I think that's part of my fond memories of this she's very, I mean, you just. she's topless in one scene. I totally forgot about that. Maybe that's why I liked it so much when
0: I was younger. She, I love her. She's very pretty. I don't find her terribly exciting in this movie. Oh, no, no, not yeah. acting-wise.
1: Not at all. No. Um, and the one thing, here's the one thing. I remember vividly, I guess not vividly because I didn't remember what actually happened, but I remember being terrified of the scene when Bruno turns into a mouse man. Um, as a kid, like, this is so scary. And it lived in my brain for a long time. It's like, oh yeah, that like, Swamp Thing movie's got like some scary shit in it. And then when I saw it as an adult, I'm like, this could not be stupider uh, when it happened. So I'm like, wow, that's the power of the child mind, like blowing this up into something horrifying. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it like, oh, he overacts and falls down. And then another actor jumps up <laughs> dressed as a mouse. Yeah, uh, I wanted,
0: I wanted wow. him to have- lied to them because he was a rat like i was sure when he's like go down here it's the only way trust me i wanted him then to like turn around like high five the other guy yeah but nope the arcane guy or whatever his name was like like because he's a rat like i i didn't think that he had truly learned his lesson just by being turned into a rat if anything i would have thought he would have been more pissed off
1: sure yeah and when when swamp thing is like the, the the potion, the whatever, the McGuffin I created, what it does is amplifies what's already there. So you're like, okay, Arcane is actually a monster. That's why he turned into a monster. Bruno is a rat. That's why he became a rat. But Do- Dr. Holland is a swamp monster. Like, why?
0: What is yeah, that? Yeah, I was trying to figure that out too. I don't I didn't well.
1: Get it. I there's a I think it's calling back to there's a line because I was rewatching some like retrospectives. Of this movie on YouTube, uh, and there's a line in the beginning when he's like wooing Adrian Barbeau, uh, when he goes like, "I've always felt like, a, you know, felt like a tree myself, or something like that, like an affinity towards trees." So I'm like, "Ah, uh, oh, I think nature. that's that's it. That he's part of nature. I think that's what they're doing." And can we give a shout out to Ray Wise as Dr. Holland in the beginning? Like great character actor, mm-hmm. um really hamming it up. But you know, for my Twin Peaks fans out there, it's you know Mr. Palmer himself. So. Uh, great character actor. Uh, So good. And uh, I thought it was very funny that you, when trying to guess what this movie was about, you immediately said it's directed by Wes Craven. You were correct. Um, But then you also said, I think this is the only one and there isn't like a return of Swamp Thing. And that's literally the name of the sequel, The Return (laughs) of Swamp Thing. Which is actually, I think, a little more fun from what I remember. Because I I I kind of like, in my memory, I think I've combined both movies into like okay. one and I was like oh no okay that's stuff because I went on and started watching clips from Return of Swamp Thing and I'm like oh that happens in Return of Swamp the costume's way better they give him a, like a legit swamp monster looking costume and Return of Swamp Thing leans into the camp more intentionally so there's a okay. lot more humor in it so uh yeah if you're feeling bold man I feel like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna rewatch Return of Swamp Thing and see if it's actually a better
0: movie than this one so I might Uh, give it like 10 minutes and we'll see
1: yeah we'll see but it's like way campier Uh, so uh, anyway I mean that's it guys Swamp Thing is uh wait have you watched the TV show not the oh okay so here we go somehow this movie turned into like a phenomenon where they made a sequel movie there was a TV series in the early 90s Mm. uh, still with Dick Durock one of the greatest acting names ever who played the swamp thing in both <laughs> movies and the TV series uh and then there was a saturday morning cartoon Weird. In the early 90s yeah that ran for like only a few episodes but i had like the toys that were merchandise from that i had some swamp wow. thing action figures as a kid uh and then of course now there's the new one which i've not seen yet my brother is on my ass to watch that cuz uh he says it's fantastic it's probably the best iteration they've done of Swamp thing, like making it a legit good horror slash like superhero comic book story, but combining all those great elements. So Mm -hmm. definitely got to check it out. Yeah. But out of, (laughs) we'll get, oh man, out of five, um, five little twig arms that you're regrowing (laughs) because you, you photosynthesized some sunlight uh how many twig arms do you give it
0: i'm gonna go with my first instinct which is two i'm gonna give it two twig arms
1: yeah yeah that's that's correct that's the correct (laughs) answer uh for my for my childhood i will give this two and a half but i cannot in good conscience, go any higher uh and i I laughed a lot watching this so uh again so yeah guys if you're in the right state of mind i think it's a cheesy cheesy
0: hit but otherwise you know what that means (laughs) 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 It on the slash. <laughs> <laughs> yep one of each this episode
1: one of each but you know it's what it, it's funny because for me sometimes a low rating is just as good as a five-star rating movie sure. to check it sure. out so yeah there you go guys whatever however you feel do it
0: and in regards to midsummer you're you know your description, I forgot to talk about that. You were mostly on, um, you know, you knew it was folk horror set in Sweden. It was a sort of riff on Wicker Man, mm-hmm. pagan worshipping things. You thought that there might be like a that, that monster they're worshipping or that they were tourists. But... I mean, you were sort of right on those things. They yeah, just, you it, know. mostly. You mostly knew exactly. I what mostly was knew happen. it,
1: but yeah, yeah. There you go, guys. The only show that would dare pair <laughs> Ari Aster's. We're
0: such rebels. Such
1: rebels, Ari Aster's work of art with Wes Craven's arguably worst movie. How <laughs> dare made. we? How dare we? So check them out.
0: <laughs> That's right. Because
1: scaring is sharing.
0: Yep. And write us at the old, uh, you know, Insta or scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Hail, Paymon. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.